Good morning. Thank you, four of you. We got to get woken up, okay? All right, so today we're going to be talking about uh, peace. But before we get there, if you're a guest here with us, we're so excited that you're here. Um, you may or may not have been given one of these cards when you came in. If you were, uh, fill that out. If you didn't hand in one of these cards, we've got them at our welcome desk, uh, which is one of those kiosks, the man kiosk in the lobby. Um, we've got these cards. If you'll fill that card out today, uh, just let us know that you were here. Um, then at the end of our service, you can do that. They'll have it for you. And we've got a gift for you today, uh, Lindsay Lane East swag that you can get today and walk out of here with today, a T-shirt from us, and let us know. Uh, we've got a, some other information that you can ask about as well. If you're watching this online, um, we would love, we're, we're sorry that we were late getting on, uh, but we're thankful uh, for the opportunity to be able to minister to you as well. And so you, the best way that you can uh, let us know that you're watching and worshiping with us is by texting East Connect to 31996. You'll get a text message from us um, that will be, um, um, I have a link in it. Click the link, fill out the card, and we'll follow up with you as best we can this week, all right? Um, but man, we are so excited. Hopefully you got, if you're in person, you got your handout, announcements on one side, fill in the blanks on the other. That is for you type A people, and we're glad that you're here too, all right? So when you think of peace, when you think of peace, what comes to your mind? Serious, like not rhetorical. What comes to your mind when you think of peace? What images you get? Kyle says deuces. What else? Quiet. What did you say? Quiet. Coming from the new dad. Yeah, I'm sure, buddy. <laughs> Keep praying for it. <laughs> yeah, so man, I think of, I think of waves lapping up on the shore before I had children. Do you guys, do y'all remember? If you have children, do you remember what it's like to go to the beach before you had kids? I don't either, and I think God has removed that from my mind <laughs> just because it would be awful. Because now, I don't know if you know this or not, once you have kids, you don't have vacations, you have trips. Vacations are the things you go on when somebody else watches your kids and you leave. Uh, so we go on a trip uh, quite often to the beach, but um, you may think of trees rustling on the mountainside or really just anywhere where you can get away from everybody else and be quiet. Listen, this is what we all understand is that there is a longing within each of us for peace and quiet, right? There is something. Nobody likes a hectic lifestyle. We live in a world that is chaotic and full of turmoil and full of death and sickness and pain. And we as Christians, we look around and I'm hopefully you're with me and you say, I don't like this. I don't like all this turmoil. I don't like all this chaos. And we ask God, just give us a moment of peace to escape all the difficulties of life. In our minds, peace is an absence of difficulties. But I'm going to show you today through the scriptures that that is not actually the case. We are not promised a removal of difficulties. We're simply offered peace within them, all right? And so we're going to continue on through our, script, uh, our study uh, of Luke and Matthew and the, the birth narrative of Christ. And so uh, we're going to, when the Old Testament, this is what you need to understand, the Old Testament, when the Old Testament uses the word peace, if you read in the Old Testament, you see the word peace, uh, ten, 10 to 1, it's the word shalom, Okay, you may have heard that, especially if you, have, if you work or have uh, Jewish friends or neighbors or if you've watched a movie that has a Jewish person in it or something that's centered around Israel. Like you'll hear them say that a lot. It's become a greeting, a shalom. 
right? And so uh, shalom means peace, but it, it's not just the absence of war. It's actually, it's used of King Solomon when he's building the temple. And when they finally put the last brick in the temple, that's shalom, right? It's wholeness. It's completeness. It's not just a lack of, of, of conflict. It, it's, and it's not just a removal of conflict, it's filling of strife and difficulties with something else. And that's what we're going to look at today. That is the key to peace. Um, when I think of Jesus' birth narrative, when I think of Jesus being born, you and I, we've seen the little manger scene, right? We have like a little nativity scene in our house, and, and Mary is looking down on Jesus like this, and Joseph and the shepherds are there, and the little animals, right? And everything's so happy and peaceful, but if you've had a child or been around a, the birth of a child, well, there's nothing peaceful about that. And the nine months leading up to it gets crazy, right? And it's the same for Mary. There's nothing, there's nothing peaceful about the situation that they're in. Theirs is actually more unique. So we often think Mary developing this little perfect baby bump, right? She just was the cutest little mother, and Joseph's right there by her side. The families get together and do these little showers, and they got diapers and wipes and all those type things. Um, that's what we think about. But this pregnancy, y'all, was not without strife. It was not some perfect little test tube situation. This morning, we're going to look at the beginning of this pregnancy and see how it began in fear and awkwardness, is what I'll say, Okay. So let's look at this. I want to look, beginning of Luke chapter 1, I want to read a few of the verses. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to come back and talk about it, okay? Verse 26, in the sixth month, um, some feedback here. Leading up to this point, we've been looking at Elizabeth, who was Mary's cousin, who was also pregnant in a crazy, miraculous way. She was really old, barren, never had a kid, and, uh, and she gets pregnant. Um, with her husband, not through the Holy Spirit, as we'll talk about here in a second, but it, this is the sixth month of her pregnancy, okay? The sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But Mary was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. She's a little skeptical. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. That's going to be our springboard. Let me pray, and we'll come back. Father God, we, we lay this message today at your feet. Because, um, God, it's only your voice that we want to hear today. God, um, as you've spoken to me this week, as I've studied your word, God, I pray that you would allow me, through your spirit, to convey the truths that we need to convey today. And, uh, and God, I pray that... We, this wouldn't just be knowledge, but God, that it would change the way that we interact with one another, change the way that we interact um, with you, and God, it would give us a peace in the midst of a chaotic world. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the first thing to point out is something that we already all understand, and that is, it's twofold. The first thing, life is hard. Life is hard. Can I get amen? The second point of that... Following Jesus or following God is harder. Following God is harder. And we'll talk about what that means here in a second. But just looking at the first part, we all recognize this. Talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors, talk to your, to your, uh, your friends, family, coworkers. 
None of them, if you ask them, is life difficult, would say, dude, it's a breeze. Life is so easy, right? We've all got work. We've got family situations. We've got all these things going on that cause stress. I don't know, like maybe you're a new pastor at a church and then COVID hits and you don't get to know anybody because you go 13 weeks, 16 weeks without getting to meet together. You know, things like that. I don't know if that speaks to anybody, but anyway. Uh, so life is a hard, but listen to this after the, con- and Mary, Mary would have said the same thing. First century wasn't any better just because social media didn't exist and cars and all that stuff didn't mean life wasn't stressful then. Mary still would have said, yes, life is hard up until the moment that the angel, angel Gabriel shows up and everything changed because now life went from hard <laughs> to harder. Life went from hard to harder. Listen to this. After this conversation, the stress in Mary's life just multiplied greatly. Okay? Imagine Gabriel coming to you and you knowing, there's no way I'm pregnant. There's no way. And then God says, oh, you're about to be. She's like, I know. Like, I didn't go to biology in high school, but I understand this, okay? You get what I'm saying? Like, this isn't happening. This can't happen. This would have caused any of us, to our, our wheels to begin to turn. She knew she hadn't done what needed to done, be done and get pregnant. She wasn't married. None of those things. So what would her highly religious culture say to this woman who's just gotten pregnant while she's not married? This was a highly religious culture of the Jewish world. Would she be shunned by the society that she's grown up in? What would her family say? Would her family help her take care of this new baby? Or would they just leave her out to dry? What would Joseph think? You think about that? That's a tough combo. Hey, so I'm pregnant. You're not the dad. Well, who is God, <laughs> the Holy Spirit? Okay, let's talk. You know, that, that's, a, that's more than a coffee conversation. And what's going on in this situation is Mary, she went from being normal person of knowing that life is hard to now recognizing that her life just got incredibly more complicated. And the question of what would Joseph do is answered for us in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. You don't have to turn there. I'll do it quick. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered that before they came together, she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, he could have done that. Instead, he decided to divorce her secretly because once the engagement came into place, it was pretty much the step before marriage. She actually had to have a divorce um, Joseph was gone. Man, he's leaving. He threw those deuces that Kyle was holding up earlier. He's gone. He said, hey, good luck with all of that, <laughs> right? And he wants to leave. He knew Mary must have been unfaithful, but then an angel shows up to him in a dream. And it fills him in. So this couple's life just got turned upside down in a moment. And it didn't happen because of bad choices. This is what I need you to take note of. This did not come about because of bad choices. It came about because they were willing to follow God. They were willing to follow God. Now there's an idea in our world that if you surrender your life to Christ, that all the difficulties that you face 
you won't face anymore. There's a hair on my face speaking of that. I think we're good. I think we're good. It's, it's loose. All right, we're good. There is an idea in the world that if we surrender our life to Christ, that all of the difficulties, all the stress of all the, dif- all the things, the conflict, it's just going to go away. But listen, church, that is not the consistent message in the word. That is not what God's word says over and over again. There are moments where God does remove a lot of difficulties in people's life when they surrender to him, but that is not the promise that is made. That's why Jesus said, take up your cross and not your pillow, right? It's why he says in the Sermon on the Mount that the path that you're on as a Christian is hard. It's difficult. And he says in Matthew 10 that families are going to implode for the sake of Christ. Brothers will be turned against brothers. Fathers will turn their back on their children and vice versa. He follows that by saying, you will be hated by everyone because of my name. And if, you, if you're in a little Christian bubble, you don't recognize that. But I, I've got friends that, that stepped out of an atheist lifestyle into Christianity and their families don't want anything to do with them. Right? They begin to speak up at work and they, they receive persecution at work. All these things. This is the life that you and I have chosen. Life is hard, but following God is harder. Can we just all admit that? The, 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 the answer isn't, This isn't a stress-free life that God has promised us or a difficult-free life, I'll say. Mary and Joseph's faithfulness to God's plan would have no doubt caused major issues for them. And when you and I signed on to follow Jesus, that can create more stress and difficulty in our life. But there is something that is promised that we get to see in the Scriptures. We get to see Mary and Joseph experience And it's so good, and that is point number two, that God offers peace. As stressful as Mary and Joseph's lives had just become in one moment, God offers them peace that makes it possible to survive the plan that he's laid out for them. And I want to look at both instances um, just to see how God brings this restoration of peace between one another and, and with God's plan. Look at Luke 1, 32. Um, this is the angel still speaking, picking it right where we left off. He will be great, uh, this son that's promised. He will be called the son of the most high, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how did this happen? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And he talks about Elizabeth and says, nothing will be impossible for God. In Mary's statement, look at this last verse, y'all. Good night. Mary says this, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Now the word peace is not used in Mary's statement, right? But can we all admit that what I just described as biblical peace, not a removal of the stress and the difficulties, but, a, but an understanding and a peace that comes in the midst of those, can we not all see this in Mary's statement? She says, may it happen to me as you have said. But here's what I don't want you to think, that all the questions in Mary's mind just went away. I've got some really godly women in my life who love Jesus more than they love me. One of them is my wife. She loves Jesus more than she loves me. 
But when God tells her to do something, that doesn't just remove all the questions in her mind, right? <laughs> Ladies, I still got a li- she's still got a list of questions that God, whenever you're ready, I'd love to have these answered, but I'm following you. And I believe that's what Mary's doing here. I still don't understand. I don't get it. But I'm here. I'm willing. Right? I'm here. That's why it says that Mary treasured all these things up in her heart. In this moment, Mary, no doubt, some of these questions in her mind are dealing, are the things of how are people going to treat us? What is this going to look like? And she knows that those problems, she can't ignore them, she can't run from them. But in this moment, she knows it's not going to be easy, but she's found peace. It's at this moment that we see, this is the definition of peace that I would give you, biblical peace. She trusts God more than the circumstances she sees with her eyes. I believe that's what peace is. Peace is trusting God more than the stress and the difficulties and the stuff that you see around you. You're in the midst of it, but you're still trusting God. Let's look at Joseph. Joseph has a similar moment. Mary shows us with her words. Joseph shows us with his actions, which is a cool little male-female difference there, which is interesting. Matthew 1, 20, verse 20 through 25 uh, after, he, after Joseph had considered divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you're to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to, what, to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, who the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angels, the Lord's angel had commanded her a him. He married her, but did not have relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Notice the what the change in Joseph's mind here. Joseph he knows his wife is pregnant. May even know. Um, it seems like even she's told him that she's pregnant with the Holy Spirit, but he hasn't gotten confirmation on that yet. Um, Joseph was ready to divorce her. He's ready to walk away and move on with his life. And in this moment, we see through his actions that he's accepted this. He's experienced God's peace. And he literally does the opposite. Instead of leaving her, he continues through the relationship. And he loves her and cares for her. And in this situation, Joseph is trusting in God more than the circumstances he finds himself in. In both of these situations with Mary and Joseph, it's the issue or conflict is not resolved. You get that, right? They're still, Mary's still going to walk out with a baby bump and everybody's going to go, mm, that's going to happen. Everybody's going to ask Joseph, so you're buying that whole Holy Spirit story? <laughs> I don't know, man. I might check on that. Mari Povich, something like that. Right, there's, there's, there's going to be talk. There's going to be difficulties ahead for them, but what... But what, So the, the conflict has not been removed. What has happened is it has been filled with something else. The stress has been replaced with a faith in God's plan. Their circumstance, Mary and Joseph's circumstance, left them feeling uncertain and incomplete. There was no shalom. Remember? The wall that's perfect and whole. But God offered that. Shalom, his peace, wholeness. So here's my question. 
You ever been there? You ever been in a situation that you didn't know what to do? A situation that was totally overwhelming for you. And if you had to try to fix it yourself, (laughs) good luck, right? Because it's just a difficult situation. You don't want to get out of bed in the morning. You don't know where to turn. There's this huge amount of stress on you. Listen to me. I can't promise you that the stress is going to go away. That would be good. Amen. (laughs) But what I can promise you is that there is peace in the midst of it. There is peace in the midst of it. The stress, the difficulties in your life very well may remain. But what happens is God offers His shalom, His wholeness, to replace your peace. I mean, to replace your stress with peace. That's point number three, if you're taking notes. Jesus brings ultimate peace. One of the most quoted verses at Christmas time is Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. This was a a truth that the the Israelites, that they held to and they were so excited about one day God's going to send this son. This son is going to come and the New Testament helps us see that it's Jesus There's no need to wait for the Son. There's no need to wait for anyone else to come to bring the the peace. The Prince of Peace has already come in Jesus. He's here. The Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace. Through Jesus' birth, life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, He brought perfect, ultimate peace to those who would trust in Him. Listen, church, when we are in Christ... When we are in Christ, there is a peace that we can experience that the rest of the world can't. The best the world can do is try to deal with their stress and conflict. But here's what's all, even if they can get rid of the stress right here around them, guess what's coming? More stress. And this is why substance abuse and suicide because is such an issue because It's never-ending. Even if you can deal with the stress around you, you know more is coming, and that presents a heaviness on our hearts and in our lives that we can't deal with. But when we are in Christ, we have a replacement for our stress and strife and conflict and difficulty. Not just a distraction from it. Could not, if you don't catch anything else, wake up and hear that. In Christ, we have a replacement for stress and strife and difficulties, not just a distraction from it. We know that God is ultimately in control. We know that in Christ, our biggest conflict that we face has already been taken care of. Our biggest conflict has already been taken care of, and it ain't with you and your mama. It ain't between a husband and wife. It isn't between fathers and children and mothers and cousins and grand. It's not that. It's not at your workplace. It's not on your street with your neighbor feuding with loud music and political signs or whatever that looks like for you. 
Your biggest conflict in your life is between you and God. Because between you and God is a chasm of your own making that has there because of sin in your life. And that separates us from God and we cannot fix it. You may can mend a relationship uh, with your mom through a phone call, but you can't fix this relationship with God through a phone call. You can't fix it on your own. You needed someone to fix it for you. And that is what Christ has done through his death on the cross and his resurrection. He shed his blood. He died the death. He, he's, he experienced the separation that you and I are supposed to experience. And he did it for us. We recognize as Christians, that the world is still rowdy and full of conflict, and we can't change it. But this is what we know. We know that there is a day coming. There is a day coming in the future, and we don't know when. There is a day coming when everything will be dealt with. There is a day coming when all... All the, thing, all the stress and all the difficulties and all the hardships and all the, the things that you and I face will be taken care of. There's a day in the future in which Christ will return and all things will come to their end and everything will be made new, just like we talked about last week. True peace, full peace will be experienced. Man, that's a good thing to think about. That's why Paul could say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Do we have a call still left to share? We'll talk about that here in a second. Yes, yes. The Lord wishes that none would perish. And so we need to be after it, sharing this with others. But at the same time, there is a, 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 a hopefulness and a peace that we need to find living in the in-between. You remember? This is what we're talking about this whole series. Living in between the, the coming of Christ and the return of Christ and the fulfillment that that's going to bring. The day is coming and it's going to be good. Until then, you and I have real peace that we can experience in Christ. I want to ask you this question. And it's cheesy and simple, but like, you need to answer it. Are you at peace? Are you at peace? Do you find your, or do you find yourself overwhelmed with the world? Stressed out beyond belief. In tears as you think about waking up tomorrow. Not knowing what the next day will bring. If so, listen to me. There is peace. Not in the future. Today. There is peace today. The biggest conflict you and I face is between us and God. It's caused by our sin, but Jesus has made a way for that to be taken care of. He made a way that you could live at peace with God before God and with God. If you are not feeling at peace with God, do not leave this place. We're going to sing one more song here in just a moment. Um. Just a song of response as we sing every week. It's an opportunity for you just to reflect what we talked about and what that means for you. And so um, I want you to, uh, uh, we're gonna, at that time, we're going to have decision counselors by the back door. Um, 
If you're not feeling at peace with God, please talk to one of our decision counselors. I'm not saying you're not a Christian, okay? (laughs) I'm telling you, the last 12 months have proved to me that, Heath, you can't control your situations, and your first pastor position ain't going to go like you thought it was going to go, big boy. And when I write the book, y'all get to read it. Because I feel like we've got to write a book about this situation, this transition craziness that we've been in. But God's proved himself faithful over and over again, and I know that Christ has saved me, and I know that I have that peace today, and I want you to have it. You may need to rest in the salvation that's already been given, or you may need to acknowledge that you have never trusted in Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And our decision counselors will help you figure out where you land. But I got one more question, one more thing. There may be another reason that you don't leave it, live at peace. And some people, even though Christ has given them peace in the, midst of the, uh, in the midst of their conflicts, they like to sink their teeth into conflict. And if this is you, just I don't know what else to say besides stop. Conflict is not what God has called us to be as Christians. Sadly, so many people dive headlong into conflict. They almost seek it out. And the reason is, is we, if we as Christians are engaging in the conflicts of the world and we're getting bent out of shape about these things, it's because we don't recognize that this is not our home. We've been called to live as exiles on the earth. Separate. Our home is in heaven, not here on earth. God has called us to live in this way and it means we can live with real peace knowing that our home is is one of ultimate peace. And one more question. Are you sharing with others the peace that they can find in Christ? Are you sharing? Jesus prioritizes in the Sermon on the Mount that we just talked about. Jesus prioritizes the attitude of a peacemaker. He says, peacemakers are part of my kingdom. And so my question is, are you living as a peacemaker? Is this an attitude that you've taken when your coworkers and your family members, when they think of you, do they think of a peaceful peacemaker? Or do they think, man, that person loves drama? Because that ain't good. Peacemakers. We have a calling to do that. So just to recap those three questions. Do you need peace in your salvation? Are you engaging in conflict instead of living in peace? And are you sharing the peace of Christ with others? As we sing this last song of response, I'm going to pray for all of us after that. Um, And uh, this is a time for us to take the message from God's word today and ask ourselves the hard questions that we don't want to deal with. We're going to have decision counselors by the back door ready to talk with you about any decision you want to need to make. If you just need somebody to pray with you, or if you want to talk about uh, these salvation questions, if you want to talk about church membership, getting baptized, prayers of repentance that you may need to pray, we want to help you process through that. I'll be down front, decision counselors by the back door. As always, this altar up here is open for you to come and pray before this church family. And it's not so they can take a picture of you and post it on Facebook. It's so that they can look at you and go, God, help this person who's praying. They may not even know your name, but they're going to lift you up in prayer as you come to the altar and pray to the Lord. You pray and deal with God as you see fit. And today, if, if you're like me and you're just overwhelmed with the peace that God's already given you, then use this time as an opportunity just to worship. Just get down. That's what I plan to do. All right? 
I'm going to say a word of prayer. We'll all stand and you respond however God leads you to do. Father, we trust that the word that's been presented today, God, is the word you wanted to say. And God, I pray it should be with this time of response, God. We've, we've talked about a lot of stuff. You know, I just pray that as each one of us begin to process what that looks like, I pray, God, that you would just help us uh, to take next steps. And God, not walk out of here with having our ears filled or tickled or just in one ear and out the other, but God, would leave this place, God, with steps to take this week to love you more, to live for you more, whatever the case may be, to share you with others. God, I'm thankful to get a pastor of this church. I'm humbled by it. And I pray, God, that you would help us, God, as we move forward in the days to come, as we seek your face. It's in Jesus' name I pray.